What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. Welcome to another edition of the Undead Walking Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock, and I'll be flying solo tonight. Um, Normally we have interviews on Sundays, but due to some scheduling issues, we have a couple of people scheduled to do some interviews this week, and I'm really excited about it, but that just means we have another week before we get to them. So bear with me. Um, That said, I do have some exciting things to talk about today. Um, you know, we've talked a little bit in the past about, um, you know, submitting questions and we want to hear your comments and questions and feedback. And uh, so I thought I'd take a chance. I, I put a question out on the Undead Walking Twitter page yesterday and got a couple of comments. So I thought I'd answer them because, you know, people took the time to send us questions. So might as well answer them, right? Um, the first one, comes from Julian Cannon, our friend who was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Julian asks, what is a small production detail that you like in a particular episode? Um, For me, I think that it's the little things that are personal that make the biggest impact on me. Um, I really like the story in the past about how um, Brian Hurst was able to put together his outfit and he was able to select items that meant things to him and had special significance. I thought that was kind of cool. And, and most recently in, in season 10, we learned that Kaylee Fleming was actually the one who painted Daryl's vest um, as Judith did. And I think that was kind of neat that they allowed her to do it. Um, you know, it's little things like that that really make things special. And, you know, obviously they have a huge art department and they could have someone else do it. But when you have the ability to let actors do it, it it makes it even more personal. So for me, Julian, I think that's, that's exactly what I, those are the kinds of production details that I like when it's personal and it's some kind of a connection between the actors or between the, uh, the crew that make things special. Um, next question comes from the official OP. Um, can I join the TWD cast for season 11? That's all. Um, truthfully, I'm sure you probably could. They're probably going to be looking for new cast members or new, um, at least background cast members and extras for season 11 when they start filming again, whenever that is, it's probably going to be next year. Um, it sounds like they're going to be doing those six episodes starting in, in October. Um, but they're always putting out, like, if you're if you're paying attention to casting calls in Atlanta, they usually do put out casting calls for extras. So keep an eye out. You never know when they might be asking for, um, when they might be asking for extras. And you might be able to get a, get a spot in there. Um, the next two questions uh, come from user from Corella. 
Uh, first one is when will Rick return? I wish we knew. <laughs> um, you know, obviously they're holding those details for uh, the Rick Grimes movies, and with the way things are going, it's probably going to be late 2021, early 2022 before we actually get those. Uh, at least an idea of when we're going to get the movies, but I would imagine that's going to be the earliest that we would see them, or at least the first one. That's That assumes that they're even making three, because initially they said they were going to make a trilogy, and then it became a movie, and, and depending on who you listen to on what day, there's really no clarity on how they're doing this anymore. So a Rick Grimes story is forthcoming, and I don't think they're going to do much unless there's some kind of connection between World Beyond and the movie, and that's why they have World Beyond as a limited series. It's hard to say, but good question. And second question, and our last question, because that was there were only four questions submitted, um, will Daryl be the last man standing according to Beth? Great question. I have no idea. But it, yesterday was uh, Emily Kinney's birthday, so happy birthday to Emily Kinney. So great tie-in question. Thank you for that one. And honestly, guys, please make sure you're sending in your questions because we do want to address them and uh, answer your questions and get you guys involved in the podcast. So make sure that you are sending in those questions when you have a chance. Um, so today I thought I would uh, switch gears a little bit. I was thinking a little bit about the Comic-Con at Home panels, and I was thinking about a comment that Garrett Dillahunt made about catering and it started me thinking about the times that I was able to visit the set in um, in Austin. Um, I had the good fortune of, of going to the set twice so far. Um, it's a funny story. I was actually that was actually the last trip that I went on before the quarantine went into effect and it was back in February and so I got to go um, see what they were doing for season six and can't say a lot about it but I actually was on set for Lenny James directing. So that was kind of cool. Um, can't say anything beyond that, but it was really cool to see Lenny in action. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about that when it gets uh, closer to his episode. Um, that was my first or my second time on set. The first time was a year ago, February, and AMC flew me to Austin and uh, we got to spend a day on set. It was really cool. Um, I've actually that was my first experience on set, and since then I've been to World Beyond and uh, into Fear again. And I can't tell you how massive a production Fear the Walking Dead is. And I know that you know I know that The Walking Dead is a massive production too. But the difference between the two and something that Fear has in common with World Beyond is that they actually shoot on location most of the time. So, you know, The Walking Dead has, you know, has kind of a home base in Sonoya. They're in Georgia. They have their, um, you know, they, they shoot in certain areas pretty consistently. So they don't have to worry about moving around. With Fear and with World Beyond, you know, they're on, they're on location a lot of the times. And so you don't have that sense of, um, uh, the sense of place. And what that means is that, a lot of the a lot of the scenes that you see, they're in the middle of nowhere. The first time I was on set last year, we actually got lost because we were driving. We left downtown Austin and drove for about forty minutes into the middle of nowhere. And you know, when you when you're looking for a movie set, they don't put movie set 
on the road because obviously that would attract attention and they don't put TV production. So there's usually a, a kind of a secret sign and that's how you know where you are. And our driver wasn't sure where we were. And so we ended up getting lost and it was, you know, this big, this big story. It was, it was, uh, it was kind of funny. And then when we finally arrived on set, it was pretty obvious why we missed it because it was literally a driveway that wasn't even marked and you just had to kind of know where to make the turn and it looked like you were in a dead end and then at the end of this this dirt road you make another turn and then all of a sudden you see the trailers and you see the cars and and you see the different locations so looking back to um to the episode that I saw just to give you some context um I was on set when they were filming episode eight season five episode eight which happens to be, um, was it season eight? Was it episode eight? No, it was episode seven. Sorry. I was getting that confused with something else. Um, I was on episode, it was episode 507. And, um, if you're not familiar with episode 507, that's the one where, um, one of the scenes was of Strand and Charlie trying to set up the parachute because they had just crash landed and they were trying to protect themselves from the walkers. And, so they use the parachute. And so we actually got to watch them film those scenes. And that day on set, we were able to interview, um, that day on set we watched, we watched those scenes being filmed and we interviewed Coleman Domingo and Alexa Nysenson and Maggie Grace and Jenna Elfman, because they were on set filming some other scenes. And when I say on set, what they'd actually done is they had rented out this, this giant piece of property. And so it was somebody's, you know, somebody's property, but it wasn't developed in any way. And it was set back in this kind of wooded area. There was a little lake, there was uh, a cliff, and there was a river. And so when we got to set, you know, obviously they were shooting season five. So we didn't know any anything that was going on in season five. So the set publicist kind of filled us in and gave us a sense of what was going on. And... Um, that's when we learned that there was going to be a, a plane crash. So the first thing we did on set that day was go over to the scene where the plane crash was filmed. So even though they were filming season, uh, episode seven, they had been using this area for a while. So it, you know, it's this massive outdoor, outdoor area. You know, they had to bring in generators. They had to bring in portable toilets. Like there was, there were no buildings there. There were no structures. Everything was, was trailers and, um, you know, the crew setting things up. And that's what makes it really interesting. When you think about all the work that goes into these shows, when you're on location like that, you know, you, you have to rely, you have to make sure that you have everything you need, everything you could possibly need. So while they were filming some scenes, you had uh, people in the makeup trailers getting their walker makeup on, and you have to make sure that the trailers have, you know, have power. You have to make sure that things are, um, you know, ready to go at a moment's notice, if there's a change, if they have to do lighting, if they have to add, um, you know, they had some fog because that, you know, season five had a lot of that kind of misty stuff because, you know, there was a nuclear power leak somewhere and, uh, which we kind of knew because they hinted at the plane crash being, uh, the site of some nuclear issues. And so that's when we got a first sense of, of what was going on. But, uh, one of the things, so when we, when we were doing our first interviews with um, with Maggie and Jenna, we actually ended up doing the interviews where they eat lunch. And that's what brings me to thinking about what Garrett Dillahunt said about the catering. Everybody was talking about 
catering and apparently this company they use and I'm going to find out what the company name of the company is because it was it was uh they're they're famous and it was something that the cast really wanted to make sure that they were going to be there from season four to season five because they loved them so much and they loved them so much that they brought them back for season six these guys were cooking five-star meals in the middle of nowhere they had this giant tent the floor was literally rocks dirt and rocks they had tables set up. They had vegan options, gluten-free options, vegetarian op- options, um, sous vide eggs, like things that you, you would see on like a cooking show. And they're cooking them in the middle of nowhere. And it was so incredible. The food was amazing. And everybody we talked to, they said, have you had, have you eaten yet? Have you had your food yet? Have you, have you met the caterers yet? And so I can totally see why that becomes a major highlight for the cast because the, the food was amazing. But the fact they were cooking in the middle of nowhere and they were able to do what they were doing in the middle of nowhere is mind-boggling. Absolutely mind-boggling. So I thought that was kind of a fun story. Um, while we were watching filming that day, um, you know, what they do is they you don't get to stand right up against the, against the action. You go and you sit back in, in what they call Video Village, and that's where... They have a little tent set up and they have monitors and, and they give you headphones. And so you hear what's being filmed or you, you hear on the headphones and the, you, the sound because that's being picked up on different microphones. And then you have the um, the footage coming in from the cameras. And so you can kind of hear them calling action. And, and depending on where you're placed, you can kind of see what's going on. But they have everything set back just in case you get in the line of sight of the camera. And uh, so, like I said, this was episode seven and it was a scene with strand and charlie and we're sitting there watching the scene and one of charlie's lines in that moment was but daniel said and we all looked at each other there were four of us there and uh we all looked at each other and out of the corner of my eye i could see the amc publicist and the set publicist look at each other and their eyes got really wide because we weren't supposed to know that Ruben Blades was coming back to the show. And obviously that was, um, <laughs> that was kind of revealed in that moment. And so it's, you know, it's one of those things it's, it, it happens. And, um, you know, there's a lot of security that goes into these set visits. And so, um, we had already signed non-disclosure agreements. And so we weren't allowed to talk about it. And, um, you know, as a fan of the show and a fan of, of the walking dead universe, it's tough when you get these secrets because I knew like here it was, it was in February. The show wasn't coming back until like June and this was episode seven. So that means it wasn't going to even air until July. So I had to keep the secret from everybody until July. And I couldn't say like, Oh, I knew that, you know, I knew that that Salazar is coming back. So that was kind of hard. That was, that it's always a challenge. Um, and that's something that, you know, this year when I was on set and we, we learned that, that Lenny James was directing, that was another moment when, um, <laughs> they said, you can't tell anybody and, you know, we'll let you know. And so when they revealed it at Comic-Con at home, um, or actually they revealed, he, he revealed that during, um, his appearance on Friday night in with the Morgans. When, when that was revealed, it was kind of like this weight was lifted. Cause then I could talk about it and I could say like, Hey, yeah, I was there that day and it was really cool. And, and I got to see scenes that, um, you know, that, that you see in the trailer. And so that was really cool too, because, um, a lot of the scenes 
that you see, like I just said, a lot of the scenes that you see in the trailer are things that I was on set for. And so that was kind of neat to, to see those all come out. And I am really excited about this season. Um, if you follow my work on Undead Walking, I just wrote an article this, this morning about, um, you know, I really, this is the moment when I think Fear the Walking Dead is going to be really dark. And, um, you know, I, I know, trust me, I know that some people don't like what's going on with Fear the Walking Dead right now. I've, I, I understand, I, I get it. You want to know, like, you know, why is it so drastically different? And I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I don't have an answer and I don't pretend to have an answer, but my sense is that if you think about when that change took place, when you think about the, the leadership change at the end of season three, um, you know, you look at the ratings, season three was one of the strongest seasons, but the ratings were in the toilet because this, the show was kind of going down from, from the beginning and then they needed to change direction. So they changed, they changed leadership, but that was also the moment this is, and this is where I think things kind of started taking a turn. That was the moment when they finally acknowledged, when AMC acknowledged that there were going to be crossovers. Because if you think back to when they first announced Fear the Walking Dead, they were very, very clear that there would never be crossovers between the shows because they were so drastically different. And then season four obviously had a huge crossover when, when Lenny James came over as Morgan. And so they had to change the show to make that fit. Now, I don't know how much of that ties into the decisions of, of how they change the show, but I think it does have some kind of bearing on it. And, um, you know, so that's, that's my thought anyway, but you know, it, it could have been a little tighter and I think everything in seasons four and five definitely set up this moment. And from what I understand of season six, there's a reason that everything had to happen the way it did. And I think that's going to become very clear from the start. And, um, you know, I've, I've said this in, in conversations online before. I really, really think that we're going to be surprised by how dark it gets. And it's, it's going to be kind of hard to watch because we've had these characters for two seasons now and they haven't, nobody's died. Nobody's really changed. And I think there's going to be a lot of change coming into season six. And I'm really excited about the anthology format just because you have the ability to really focus on these stories. You know, one of the things that's, that's challenging as, uh, as storytellers and, you know, something that, that I know I've criticized um, of, of The Walking Dead before is that when you have a big ensemble cast, a lot of times characters get left in the dark and you can't follow them because you have people, um, you know, kind of all over the place. You know, like think of how many times you see Aaron or, um, Luke or Magna or Yumiko, like, you know, they're, they're in these, they're, they're there, they're part of the cast, you know, they're out there somewhere, but sometimes it takes episodes to see them. And the same thing was starting to happen with Fear the Walking Dead. So now with the ability to have these, these um, anthology episodes where the whole story is told in that, that anthology episode, it's not going to feel like there's, there's loose threads and people left hanging and things will feel more complete. So I'm really excited about that that storytelling format. And I'm curious to see how that works. I think it's going to surprise everybody. I mean, you know, I haven't seen any footage. You know, I talked to Johnny O'Dell last week and, and he said that he's seen some footage. Um, he's going to watch some footage. So it'll be interesting to hear kind of his, his thoughts on that. But um, 
you know, I, I think the show is, is headed in a direction and I think it's going to set up kind of where it's going. And that's the moment when I think people are going to make their decision. They're going to say, oh, I see it now and I'm on board or they're not. And, you know, either way, that's totally fine. Um, that kind of brings me to world beyond. And, you know, I, I've said this before. I've, I've and Adam and I have talked about it on the podcast before. I, I did not like the first trailer was not a fan it's like a oh, great cw meets the walking dead great i don't want riverdale and the walking dead that's just not my thing i think the trailer set it up poorly i think that it ended up um painting a picture that wasn't necessarily accurate having visited the set and having met with the cast um and having had the entire story explained to me because at that point, so we arrived, I can't tell you exactly what episode we watched, but we arrived in an episode where um, enough had happened to where they could kind of give us a sense of what was going on. And um, because the show was supposed to air in April, I've seen the pilot episode too. And the show is nothing like the trailers set up. I mean, yes, it does feature young people and they do leave the compound. And that kind of makes, you know, that's the biggest question, right? Like, why would you leave the relative safety of where you are if you're safe? And um, they answer that. They, they do a really good job. I think uh, Matthew Negretti is, is doing a fantastic job with his storytelling. I've, I've heard, you know, the, the story praised by, um, you know, by other people in the Walking Dead universe who have, who have known what's going on. And I'm really excited to see what they do. So I really hope that people give it a chance because, I think you might be surprised. I really think that it has the possibility to be the darkest show in the Walking Dead universe. And I think that they needed a younger cast to go dark, to, to go to a place where you look and you say, oh, my God, like, I can't believe they did that. And when you think about it, you know, yes, the Walking Dead has had some really crazy moments where you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they did that. But everything in The Walking Dead, or almost everything in The Walking Dead, is based on canon. Fear of the Walking Dead and World Beyond are open books. There, There is no canon, and they can do whatever they want. And I think that makes it really interesting because nobody knows what's going to happen and how it's linked together and how this bigger universe functions. And you're going to see a lot of that, and I think it's all going to start, the pieces are going to start falling into place. But what they do and what they're setting up is something that we've never seen before. And I'm really, really excited for people to see that because I think it's going to bring in an entirely new group of fans, which is great. But it's also going to renew the interest of people who might have fallen away from the fandom and then, you know, think that it's it's kind of going in directions that they don't agree with. I think that there's a possibility to really, really develop what, you know, this larger universe can do because there are other places out there and we've been in the same place for 10 seasons with one show and, and six going on six seasons with another. And, you know, with Fear the Walking Dead, they were in LA, they've been to Mexico and now they're in Texas. And that's cool because we've now we've seen three places and, and it's kind of answered some questions about what's going on in the, the, the rest of the country. But I'm really hoping that these shows are setting up an even larger universe where we get to see what's going on in other parts of the world. And the way that we get there 
you know, we have some great comics. We have amazing books. Um, you know, there, there's so many things, the games, there's so much content out there and there, but there's also this audience, there's, you know, an audience for those things. And then there's an audience that's, that's predominantly television based. And so they need to see that show. Um, you know, they need to see those shows on television. And I think that the way we get to those, those special episodes and those limited series and those TV movies and things like that, things that Scott Gimple teased, but hasn't really gotten around to telling us more about, because I, I think that there's a lot, there's a lot going on, um, you know, but it, it's going to be, you know, showing interest in World Beyond and giving it a chance. And I know people like to say, like, I'm not watching it and I don't care about it and whatever, you know, and I get it. I totally get it. You're free to do whatever you want. I'm just saying I was with you and I wasn't really on board until I saw what was going on. And then I said, holy shit, this is going to be amazing. And I'm really excited about it. So I think you're going to be excited about it. And you can tell me if you're not, but you have to kind of wait and see it because, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you've probably heard me talking about mushrooms before. And when I say mushrooms, I don't mean the magic ones. I mean like the ones that you eat. And I'm always using mushrooms as a is kind of a, an analogy because I don't like mushrooms. And I've eaten mushrooms and they don't end up being as bad as I think they are. But I say I don't like mushrooms because it's kind of my defense mechanism against mushrooms. And it's just something that I've always said and I'm comfortable saying it. And I think sometimes as a fandom, people get caught up in this, you know, like, I don't like this show. I don't like this. I don't like that. And it's like me and the mushrooms. Like, I know it's not actually as bad as I think, but I'm just saying it because I feel like I'm saying it. So I really hope you guys give it a chance. And I really think it deserves a chance. I think World Beyond deserves um, deserves your eyeballs and it deserves you to, to check it out and see what you think. And I think Fear the Walking Dead is going to be surprising for a lot of people who who aren't sure that it can it can surprise you anymore I think it's going to absolutely deliver some surprises this season and um you know again part of the reason they send me to the set is so that I can see this with my own eyes and kind of hint at what's you know what's coming and I can't wait to share more details of those set visits um you know I definitely have lots of stories and if I if you've made it to this point in the podcast if you have specific questions about set visits, let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock or at Undead Walking FS and, um, and ask some questions and I'd be happy to answer them. And um, we'll be doing another podcast on Wednesday, Adam and I, and um, we'll be able to answer some questions for you. So, um, so yeah, I think that's, I think, I think that's good for today's podcast. Um, Next week's special guest is going to be none other than Alexa Nysenson, who plays Charlie on Fear the Walking Dead. I'm really excited to chat with her. If you have questions for Alexa, please send them in. Talking on Wednesday, so um, get those questions to me, and, and I might ask ask Alexa your questions. So get the questions in, and as always, you know, make sure that you're you're leaving us feedback. Uh, Adam and I love to, to read the comments and look at the reviews. So make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. We can't grow without your support. Um, I think, fingers crossed and barring any scheduling issues, I have a celebrity guest for the rest of the time between now and 
when the shows return in October. And by celebrity guest, I do mean current cast members. So I'm working really hard to bring you guys some really exclusive content that you won't hear anybody anywhere else. So if you, um, you know, if, if you like what we're doing, please subscribe, leave us reviews. Every, every star helps, you know, so everything that you do, it, it does, uh, it does help us. So, um, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, a podcast, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all of those, uh, Google podcasts, all those places, leave us reviews and, uh, send us in your questions. And, um, thank you again for all of your support. It means the world to us. And we're so happy to be here representing you guys as fans because we're fans too. So, um, so yeah, you guys have a great week. We'll catch up with you on Wednesday. And as always, um, I want you all to stay safe, wash your hands and watch out for those walkers. Thanks everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.